officially crossed the border into the free state of V. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into another action-packed podcast episode here at Free State of V. I am your host, Victor Takis, and we are talking economics today. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? I think everyone can. What are we feeling? Inflation. Prices soaring and out of control. While a president and a Federal Reserve are inept... And do nothing about it. According to TradingEconomics.com, the annual inflation rate here in the United States edged up to a 13-year high of 5.4% last month, which is September of 2021. And that was up from 5.3% in August the previous month here in 2021. This was above market expectations of 5.3%. Main upward pressure came from cost of shelter, 3.2%, versus 2.8% in August. Food, 4.6% versus 3.7%, the highest since December of 2011. Namely, food at home, 4.5% versus 3%. New vehicles, 8.7% versus 7.6%, and energy, 24.8% versus 25%. On the other hand, prices eased for used cars and trucks, 24.4% versus 31.9%. Transportation services, 4.4% versus 4.6%. Apparel, 3.4% versus 4.2%. And medical care services, 0.9% versus 1%. On a monthly basis, consumer prices advanced 0.4% above forecasts of 0.3% with the indexes for food and shelter contributing more than half of the monthly increase. The core index, which excludes food and energy, went up 0.2% month over month and 4% year over year, the same as in August and in line with forecasts. This is according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. So we've got a problem here. Inflation is out of control and it does not show any signs whatsoever of getting better anytime soon. The amount of money that this Congress is spending is going to drive inflation completely through the roof, the likes of which I don't think we have ever seen before. If we thought that the late 1970s and the early 1980s were bad, this will be even worse. Now, why do I say that? Well, if you're a scholar of American history, perhaps you'll remember during the Gilded Age, just before the turn of the 19th to the 20th century, the 51st Congress of the United States was inaugurated, and from 1889 through 1891, they held office there on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. History would write them down and would record them as the Billion Dollar Congress because this was the first time that a Congress had spent at least a billion dollars on an annual budget. What we're seeing now with this Congress 
and the previous Congress that came into office in 2018, we're seeing spending that is absolutely 100% off the charts, led by the Communist Democrats, who really have absolutely no idea about economics and basic economics for that matter. They don't know what they're doing. And why do I say that? I say that because, ladies and gentlemen, we're off the gold standard. We have no precious metals that back our currency. The only value in our currency is its purchasing power. And when the Federal Reserve prints and prints and prints and prints money like it's going out of style and they're burning up those printing presses, we've got dollar bills flying off like you wouldn't believe. And there's so much American dollars within the international economy that the dollar becomes valueless. The value decreases so much. And that's why we see inflation, because when the value of the dollar goes way down, that means everything compared to the dollar is worth so much more. Therefore, when we go to the store and we buy just small items like, I don't know, cereal, milk, a toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, toilet paper, the dollar is so valueless compared to the value of the commodity that you're buying that the price has increased. And this is, of course, inflation. It's like everything in our society, whether it be a good or service or currency, when there's too much of it, its value drastically decreases. And when you've got a Congress spending money just out of control like they are in Washington, D.C. today, then we're going to have a problem and we're going to see the dollar completely devalue itself over time. And we've already started to see the beginning of that. These inflation rates are 11 year highs. I think that what we're going to see regarding inflation rates just from the transition of the month of September to October is going to kick that through the roof. I mean, in other words, it's going to way, way outnumber that percentage and increase and it's going to eclipse it by a lot. I don't know what it's going to be. Nobody knows until the Bureau of Labor Statistics comes up with those stats in November. We just don't know what it's going to be. But I can tell you that this is a growing problem. It is not a diminishing problem. It is a problem with this new communist administration in President, excuse me, Secretary General Joe Biden. He has inaugurated trillions of dollars of spending, which is going to posit trillions of dollars into our economy and decrease the value of the dollar in comparison to the goods and services that we buy. And that is the very definition of inflation. Milton Friedman said it best. As a matter of fact, I'm going to play you guys a clip of a two-minute video here in which the great economist Milton Friedman talks about inflation. And he utilizes as an example of inflation the problem that the Japanese had to deal with in the early 1970s. And he talks about the fact that inflation doesn't kick in right away. You can spend all this feel-good money and make people feel better like you're helping a lot of people. COVID relief, trillions of dollars, it's on the way. Don't worry. The government's going to take care of you. And they spend and spend and spend and print and print and print. And all that does is come back full circle to bite us in the ass. And so when people in the press ask Biden about higher taxes and stuff, and they ask him about the cost of his 
outrageous $3.5 to $4 trillion infrastructure bill, he just says, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. That's going to cost zero dollars. You're not going to pay for that. What the hell does he mean by that? There is a cost to everything in economics. I mean, anybody who takes economics as a senior in high school realizes that. There's a cost to everything. And so him trying to sweep it under the rug and say, well, there's not going to be a cost to any of this stuff. We're just going to flood the free market with a bunch of money and expect everything to be okay. That's not what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, because in the end, what's going to have to happen is that the Fed's going to have to step in. They're going to have to increase interest rates so that banks won't borrow as much money because the interest rates are so high. And that will decrease the monetary supply. The only way to get rid of inflation is to actually get money out of the economy. You've already created so much money that you've made it valueless. The only way to make it more valuable is to constrict it and to choke it and to get that supply down. And the only way that the Fed can do that is to drastically increase borrowing interest rates, not just from banks borrowing money uh, from the Fed, but also from us as regular consumers. Interest rates have a trickle-down effect. So it's not just the the, the Fed rate. Uh, it's going to be rates across the board in, in which people are not going to be as apt to want to go borrow money so that the monetary, um, the amount of money in circulation, the amount of, of, of monetary that we have out there shrinks in order to try and stave off inflation. This is a terrible, terrible thing. And it's going to all fall down like dominoes. Uh, it's going to get worse as time goes on. But as I said, I've got that two-minute clip from Milton Friedman. And I think his explanation of inflation is one of the best. Go ahead and take a listen. In 1973, Japanese housewives going to market were faced with an unpleasant fact. The cash in their purses seemed to be losing its value. Prices were starting to soar as the awful story of inflation began to unfold once again. The Japanese government knew what to do. What's more, they were prepared to do it. When it was all over, economists were able to record precisely what had happened. In 1971, the quantity of money started to grow more rapidly. As always happens, inflation wasn't affected for a time. But by late 1972, it started to respond. In early 73, the government reacted. It started to cut monetary growth, but inflation continued to soar for a time. The delayed reaction made 1973 a very tough year of recession. Inflation tumbled only when the government demonstrated its determination to keep monetary growth in check. It took five years to squeeze inflation out of the system. Japan had attained relative stability. Unfortunately, there's no way to avoid the difficult road the Japanese had to follow before they could have both low inflation and a healthy economy. First, they had to live through a recession until slow monetary growth had its delayed effect on inflation. Inflation is just like alcoholism. In both cases, when you start drinking or when you start printing too much money, the good effects come first. The bad effects only come later. That's why, in both cases, there's a strong temptation to overdo it, to drink too much and to print too much money. When it comes to the cure, it's the other way around. When you stop drinking or when you stop printing money, the bad effects come first and the good effects only come later. That's why it's so hard to persist with the cure. 
You see, it really is a good metaphor here that Milton Friedman uses. Drinking alcohol to excess in one night is fun. You get drunk. But the next day, the lingering effects are bad. And that's what spending money for a nation is like. It's feel good at first, and then there's a lag, and then all of a sudden, boom, doesn't feel so good anymore. And that's the problem with printing money and out-of-control spending by our government. In the long run, it's going to hurt us, the consumer. But what's fascinating about this is that our government, led by the demented communist Joe Biden, has no concept of this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is basic economics. Printing more money leads to inflation. We have a monetary system not backed by precious metals. And so the value of the dollar lies in that little paper rectangle that's printed known as the dollar. That's where the value lies. And the more and more and more and more of that that you print, the worse and worse and worse off we are all going to be. Once again, economics 101, basic economics. The White House has no concept of this. You want me to prove it to you? Listen to this clip from Joe Biden at a CNN town hall with Don Lemon back in July of 2021, July of this year. Listen to this. You seem pretty confident that, that inflation is temporary, but if you're pumping all of this money into the economy, couldn't that add to... No, the, look, here's the deal. Moody's today, when our Wall Street firm, not some liberal think tank, said if we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will in fact reduce inflation, reduce inflation, reduce inflation, because we're going to be providing good opportunities and jobs for people who in fact are going to be reinvesting that money back in all the things we're talking about, driving down prices, not raising prices. And so it, it is, I, 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 I sincerely mean this, prices are up now, and they're up in, for example, you're in a position where you're trying to build a house, try to find two-by-fours and lumber. Yeah. Well, guess what? People stop working cutting lumber. They stopped doing it because they, their, their unemployment was so down. Now, all of a sudden, there's this need because people are coming back. And guess what? Instead of paying 10 cents, you're paying 20. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It relates to what, in fact, is now needed because we're growing. I'm utterly speechless when I hear something like this. This man is showing at this town hall a complete misunderstanding of economics. A complete misunderstanding of economics. Here he is saying that his infrastructure bill and all this stuff that's going to be coming as far as spending is going to revamp the economy and it's going to tamp down inflation. It's a total lie. 100%. Because the more money that the government spends and just dishes out to people, the less incentive they have to actually get a job. This was proven under the Obama administration when they had those quote-unquote shovel-ready jobs. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that Vice President at the time, Joe Biden, was actually in charge of that program, and it was an utter, utter failure. So revamping the economy, revitalizing it, and getting it up to snuff – that's all well and good, 
But the more money the government spends on the American people, the less likely the employment rate, the unemployment rate, excuse me, is going to go down because people are going to rather sit at home and just collect their checks from the government. So I don't understand how he's trying to bridge a reduction in inflation with more government spending. They just don't fit together. It's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It's not going to work whatsoever. And the unemployment rate really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the inflation rate. I mean, the basic thing that people have to understand about inflation is it's a massive amount of printed money, whether or not the unemployment rate is 3% or 18%. If the government is spending money, then inflation is going to take hold in a big way. And they don't get that. And that is extremely scary, extremely scary that the president of the United States, who works hand in hand with the Fed and all federal government entities like the Bureau, uh, the Bureau of, of Labor Statistics, the Department of Labor, and all the other government entities over our economy. I mean, if this guy doesn't get it and he can't communicate it to all these other government entities, boy, we, we got really, really bad times on the horizon. I, I don't know how else to say it. I wish I could run through the streets screaming it, but most people think I'm just brainwashed, a propagandist, and I'm a right-wing nut. I mean, that's exactly what people think, but that's okay. I mean, I'm just trying to get the truth out there. Now, here's the other thing. Some people may say, well, that was from July. This is October. Maybe, maybe now, by this time, the administration has gotten a good handle on this and they understand what needs to be done. The problem is that's not the case whatsoever because in a press conference last week, the White House Deputy Press Secretary was asked about inflation and she basically echoed the sentiments of the president from July. So if we think that this administration's thought process on all of this has changed in the months that have gone by since July, it hasn't happened. Just listen to what she says in responding to Mr. Ducey of Fox News's question there at a White House press briefing on October the 21st. Uh, you guys say that President Biden does not want to raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. But there's a new Fox poll that finds 83% of registered voters are noticing bills for groceries and everyday items increasing. So how is that any different than a new tax? Well, look, and when you say, can you give me a little bit more? Like, what's the... Well, the supply chain is all backed up there, bottlenecks, empty shelves, prices going up, people are paying more. And so how is that any different than a new tax? So I, I would say this, um, you know, we are we're dealing with a historic and evolving uh, pandemic that is impacting our economy, right? We have seen it for the past year and a half. That's what people have been dealing with. And uh, it is it is having an outsized impact on our global supply chain. And the president understands how much a, a squeeze it is uh, for when uh, families see their prices rise. And so he understands that. And that's why he's we've been using every tool in our tool belt to make sure uh, that uh, we deal with that in a, in a 
a real way so that people understand that the president is doing everything that he can uh, to deal to deal with those issues. So there's a couple of things. Um, so we got to think about the, the progress that we've made on how far we've come for the for the for the mess that we inherited from the previous president. Uh, we we've already averaged 600,000 jobs, which I mentioned at the top at, my, at the top. Uh, those are jobs per month uh, compared to just 60,000 before we came in. That's almost five million total in eight months. We've increased economic growth projection for 2021 and more than have and then have new unemployment claims. So we are in a different place than where we were before the president uh, came into came into office. And so we're going to continue uh, building on basically the American Rescue Plan. This is why we're trying to to pass the president's domestic economic policies. You hear that? See, it's all about spending money once again. It's the same thing that Biden said in that CNN town hall back in July. They don't care about inflation, apparently. Either that or they're that dumb that they don't get it that what got inflation to where it is now is the massive amount of spending that has taken place by Democrats in Congress beginning in 2018, and it has accelerated even worse. From 2018 to 2020, that Congress was reckless in its spending. And now, at this point, this Congress, which was inaugurated in 2020, is even worse. So she doesn't get it. She, like the president, thinks that the best solution is to continue to spend money on these infrastructure programs, this Build Back Better agenda, or whatever they're calling it, it's just ludicrous. And then, of course, she has to throw in there, too, that this is all to blame on Trump, right? You got to blame Trump for all of this because this is a mess that they inherited. Never mind the fact that, you know, they were complicit in what came out of China, which was the coronavirus, which totally wrecked our economy under the Trump administration. But even with that, the amount of boom in the economy under Trump was something like we hadn't seen in a long, long time. I mean, Trump's economy was Reagan-esque. And if anybody wants to deny growth of the Reagan economy, well, then they just they're not very smart and have absolutely no concept of American history. All they got to do is look back on the Reagan years and they can see what he did. And that's what Trump was doing as well. So for her to blame it on Trump, it just goes to show you that she is lying. It's exactly more of a reason to point to the fact that they're lying because they're trying to distract. And they're basically saying, well, this isn't our problem. We're the president. Your administration's in office, right? You control the White House. So how is this not your problem? The economy boomed under Trump, a pandemic hit. And even when the pandemic hit, the Trump economy was still not all that bad. We didn't see inflation rates like this, but yet 10 months into office under Joe Biden, and we're headed straight to hell with this economy. It is absolutely mind-boggling. It does not make one bit of sense whatsoever. And as I said before, the problem here is that they don't have a solution. They don't have a solution whatsoever. And this is going to get way worse. Now, knowing that this administration does not have a solution for this begs the question as to why this is going on. Do they really not have a solution and they're just that dumb? Or could it be that they want inflation? That could possibly be the case because inflation enhances the pocketbooks of the elite, especially if they're financial 
institutions. Because if you're a large lending company or a large financial institution and you have inflation, then that helps you with your debt service because it helps there to be more money flooding in your flooding towards your direction. And that's exactly what Tucker Carlson talks about in this piece that I'd like to play for you next. Listen to this because he really does bring a lot of key interesting points to this question on inflation. Is it in fact that they're that dumb that they don't know how to solve this? Or could it be that they're creating this on purpose because it helps their kind of people, the elite, especially the leftist liberal communist elite? And this is not a joke. I don't mean to be tongue-in-cheek with this. I truly believe that this could in fact be going on. We know that Joe Biden and his son enriched themselves off of international deals from Ukraine, China, and other places around the world while he was vice president. And so he is part of that communist slash socialist elite who are continuing to line their pockets with all kinds of money via corruption. So this could very well be a Biden administration scheme to throw inflation at the middle class while they enrich themselves at the upper tiers of the economic system. Listen to what Tucker has to say on this. Probably no institution in American life that has more effect on how you live, but that we talk about less than the Federal Reserve. People don't care to talk about the Federal Reserve because it seems very complex, and a lot of what it does is in fact complex, unless you have a grounding in monetary policy. It's hard to know exactly what's going on. But the basics aren't that complicated, actually, and here are a few of them. The Federal Reserve was created way back in 1913 by an act of Congress, and it had really two main goals, maximize employment and keep prices stable, keep inflation under control. Those are virtuous goals. But it may be a measure of the way that bureaucracies work that over time, the Federal Reserve has actively undermined both of those objectives. It's the classic story of the fireman turned arsonist, or for that matter, the COVID czar who helped create COVID. Irony of irony, seems like we read a lot of those lately. In the case of the Federal Reserve, consider something called quantitative easing. That's the main thing the Fed has been doing since the financial crisis of 2008. Every month, Federal Reserve officials print more than 100 billion new dollars in American currency, and then they inject those dollars into our financial system by buying assets like bonds and securities. This is not a normal thing to do, it's a radical thing to do, and it was supposed to be temporary. It was in response to a crisis. In medical terms, quantitative easing is like chemotherapy. There are times when it can save your life, but fundamentally, it's poison. If you keep taking it, it will kill you. Pretty much everyone agrees on that. And pretty much everyone understands that ultimately, quantitative easing causes horrible inflation. And it's easy to understand why. You don't need to be an expert. The more money you print, the less that money is worth. It's supply and demand. You buy diamonds by the carrot, but you buy dirt by the yard. Overabundance decreases value. So every new dollar you print buys less. If you keep printing them, you wind up devaluing your own currency. That's one thing a responsible government should never do. It may enrich banks and a tiny number of big investors who give to the Democratic Party, but devaluing your currency screws everyone who works and who saves. And that's immoral. Those are exactly the people that a legitimate government ought to be trying to help as its core mission. And yet they're not. 
All these years later, quantitative easing continues. They're still doing it. On Wall Street, they joke about how it's going to go on forever. They call it QE infinity. It's an incredibly reckless policy, and everybody knows it, very much including the people who are getting rich from it. So for the better part of a year, Fed officials have been promising they're going to stop doing this. They have sworn they will get sober. They have vowed to begin a process called tapering. That means they'll start to gradually slow the money they print. At a Fed meeting in April, officials said they'd start to do this very soon. They would taper, but they never did. They made the same promise throughout this summer, but again, they didn't. The binge continued. This morning, the vice chairman of the Fed, Richard Clarita, once again insisted that tapering is almost here. We're about to do it. The conditions to begin detox, he said, have all but been met. And yet, as of tonight, the Fed is still partying with your currency like this is the richest country in the world and always will be. So what are the effects on our country of this? Well, in the short term, as with vodka, it makes everybody feel pretty good. It's 3 a.m., your lips are numb, and you can barely see, and yet somehow the breakfast meeting downtown you've got in five hours, the one where you're going to have to give a detailed presentation to your boss, seems like no problem at all. You've got this. Except you don't have it at all. Morning always comes. It is always worse than you think. America's quantitative easing hangover is going to be ugly. Beneath the manufactured euphoria of our top-line economic numbers, Google's killing it. Record profits for Amazon, says CNBC. Beneath all of that garbage, the actual American economy is in trouble, and there are many signs of it. Labor markets are tight right now because a lot of Americans have simply dropped out of the labor force. 4.3 million people walked off the job last month. Some of them were forced out by Joe Biden's vaccine mandates. Projections for GDP growth just dropped from 6% to 1.5%. Small businesses across the country are dying. And maybe most ominous of all, inflation is here. It's not just a temporary problem caused by COVID-disrupted supply chains. It is absolutely real. The American economy starting to sizzle once again as it emerges from the pandemic. And workers' paychecks are too, with businesses practically begging for help. But there's a flip side to all the raises, and that's inflation. Prices rising at the fastest rate since 2008. Everything from washing machines up almost 30% to furniture up 11% and television sets up 8%. So it's happening throughout the economy. It's not just washing machines and television sets, consumer electronics. It's everything, including the big things. Try to buy a house. It's now more expensive to buy a home than it has ever been at any time in American history. The median existing home price last year was $310,000. It's now over $356,000 and a lot more in the zip codes you might want to live in. Part of the reason is the cost of building materials. They're completely out of control. Last October, lumber went for about $580 per per thousand board feet. As of last week, it was 712. Last August, used cars, which you might need, were selling for an average price of 21,000. This August, a year later, they were almost 28,000. Same car, seven grand more. Over the same period, by the way, as you well know, the price of gas jumped a full dollar a gallon and a lot more than that in some places. But in the grocery lately, the cost of a pound of steak is up by two bucks. A pound of bacon costs over $7 right now. And suddenly everything costs more. Eggs, milk, coffee, mustard, etc., etc., etc. These are not luxury items. This is not a trip to St. Bart's. These are things you buy every week and you have to buy. The question is, are your wages rising as fast 
as your costs? Well, let's see. Vegetable oil is up 60%, so probably not. And that means you're getting poorer, whether you realize it or not. But that's what inflation does. It causes poverty. So because we can prove that the population of the United States is getting poorer by the day, you'd think the Biden administration would be actively concerned about this and working to make it better. But they're doing the opposite. They're actively making it much worse. And here's how they're doing it, by spending. No government in the history of the world has ever spent more money than Joe Biden is spending right now. That is a fact. In fiscal year 2019, just the other day, the entire federal government spent $6.6 trillion. Then COVID hit the following year and those numbers went up. They went up by 40%. Federal spending in 2020 jumped to $9.1 trillion. Was that too much? Of course it was. What did we get for it? Not enough. But here's the shocking thing. Under Joe Biden, as COVID recedes, it's going up even higher because they're no longer using COVID as a pretext. Through the end of this August, which is to say a month and a half ago, the federal government has already spent more in 2021 than it did over the entire calendar years of 2019 and 2018. So all of this drives inflation to scary levels, but they're not scary to everyone. If you're a massively leveraged financial institution that owes a lot of money to a lot of people, and that's how you're making your money, this is not necessarily bad news. If money is worth less, that means that your debt service costs less. You don't fear inflation. Inflation helps you. The problem is it crushes the American middle class. Now, in a normal country, this would be a huge concern. But because the people who make our policy don't care about the middle class, this is a bargain well worth making. Bloomberg News just published a piece with this headline, which we're not making up. They're celebrating the disaster. Quote, America needs higher, longer lasting inflation. If you can even imagine writing something like this, does America need more emphysema too? It's grotesque. Now, most people may not know this is happening. Normal people don't read Bloomberg News. They may be unaware that these attitudes even exist in what they assumed was their country. And the Biden administration would like to keep it that way. would like to keep the population from finding out what's happening. So here's the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. She's the reptile who once ran the Federal Reserve and is therefore more responsible than any single living person for your growing poverty. Here she is assuring you that $7 bacon isn't actually a problem. That's not really inflation. It's something called transitory inflation. I don't believe that we're at risk of hyperinflation. We've had several months of high inflation that um, most economists, including me, believe will be transitory um, as our economy gets back um, in full swing after the pandemic. It's just transitory. It's the price of progress, $7 bacon. Yeah, but look what you're getting in return. Aren't things great? Until just a few hours ago, that was the official line in Washington, along with those Southwest delays were caused by weather. And our withdrawal from Afghanistan was actually a huge success. What are you talking about? That's what they were telling us. And then the president of the Atlanta Fed, a man called Rafael Bostic, admitted what was very obvious to anyone who goes to the grocery store. This actually is inflation. It is real inflation. It is not transitory inflation. And it's going to be here for a long time. What he didn't say was that this is not an act of God. This isn't a hurricane. It's not an earthquake. It's not something we can't control. This is the result of decades of policy that have enriched a few and impoverished the many. When will the reckoning be for that? And what are the effects for you going forward? Oren Cass has thought a lot about this. He understands monetary policy. He's the executive director of American Compass, and we're happy to be joined by him.
tonight. Orrin Cass, thanks so much for coming on. So as you thanks see these me. spending bills, the so-called infrastructure bill, numbers that no one who follows federal spending has ever seen before or even imagined he would see, you almost never hear anybody suggest that these may be inflationary. Spending this much money might devalue the U.S. dollar. Why does nobody say that? Well, because it, it gives away the game. I think we've, we've been separating this sort of fake economy from the real economy for so long, and, and the real economy has huge problems. And rather than address them, we just keep doing things that, that make the fake economy look better and better. And, and these kinds of spending bills that you see being proposed are exactly more of the same. They, you know, politicians can say, look at this, look at all the money we're sending you, uh, and, and hope that, that the music doesn't stop playing, at, at least until they're gone. What's so interesting is that their expectations of the public seem to have changed. I mean, I remember for decades in Washington, no one wanted to talk about raising gas prices with increasing the gas taxes because gas prices were the one thing people would react to and you didn't want to make the public mad. Now you're hearing people openly say, elected officials say, yeah, it's going to be too expensive for you to drive. What are you going to do about it? It almost seems like they don't care what the public thinks as much anymore. Well, I think, you know, there's a very clear agenda in, in all of these spending bills from the Biden administration. I mean, why would you do this many? They they already did two trillion at the start of the year. Then they have, you know, a trillion more of infrastructure plus another three and a half trillion that they want. There's there's no real reason to be trying to do that all at once, except that they know they're not actually going to have the power to do it for that long. And so the priority is really just how quickly can we rush all this stuff through, not not actually asking what, what would be good for the American people, what would actually help them build strong families, make sure there's good jobs available for them. But, you know, those are the things that drive prosperity in the real economy. And, and it's almost like we don't have time to we don't have time to think about that. So uh, we'll just kind of play around with with imaginary dollar figures. At what point do you think it becomes really obvious that they've mismanaged monetary policy, that they don't care about inflation and that inflation really begins to bite people and people wake up to this? Well, you know, the dangerous thing about inflation is that it builds on itself. What the expectations that we have for inflation then lead to more inflation. So I think there's a real danger that if, if you say, we'll just kind of let it run a little bit and it won't get too bad, uh, that's, that's exactly when things can, can really start to get out of control. And I think if we were to see, you know, all of this proposed spending go through, um, you know, if you look at already the supply chain issues we have, the, the shortages out there, as you mentioned, it's, it's really important. People think wages are going up, but they're not going up as fast as inflation. So, in fact, wages are going down. That's, that's right. what people will notice. Uh, and, and that's just not sustainable. That's when the car hits the wall. Right. And that's when you have real political volatility. Inflation makes systems teeter. Uh, I think these people are really reckless. I, I know you agree with that. Orrin, Orrin Cass, thank you so much unpacking that for us. Thanks for having me. These are all great points presented by Tucker. And it's really not too unbelievable to speculate that this could be a giant Ponzi scheme for the Biden administration. Now, whether or not you believe that, that's fine. It doesn't necessarily matter. The problem is, is that this problem is here, this inflation problem. And it's not going to be fixed, not under this administration. Either A, they're too dumb to fix it, or B, they're doing it on purpose. But no matter the reason, we're stuck with it. And it's time we wake up. You know, Jim Jordan said it in a congressional hearing the other day when they were talking about 
these school board policies that we talked about in our previous podcast. This is the Great Awakening, ladies and gentlemen. And we have got to all wake up to this because it's bad. And as I said, look, it wouldn't surprise me if, in fact, the Biden administration is doing this on purpose to enrich the elite while the middle class suffers. Because after all, he was installed through election fraud. After all, the United States under Dr. Fauci and the National Institutes of Health and the CDC helped fund gain of function for coronavirus research that led to this pandemic. After all, under the Obama administration, the IRS investigated the Tea Party and levied higher taxes on Tea Party groups than on other groups. After all, it was Obama, the Obama-Biden administration who ran guns down into Mexico and those guns wound up at murder scenes of Border Patrol agents. After all, it was Secretary of State Hillary Clinton who wouldn't send help when our brave men and women in Benghazi were under fire from terrorists. I mean, the scandal that we have seen in almost a decade now from these people would basically lead you to believe that they could in fact be complicit in this whole scheme of just spending this nation into oblivion so that inflation could hammer us as regular Americans while it benefits they as elite Americans. It's not out of the question. These people are quite capable of doing such things. And I think it's high time that we all woke up to that fact. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and conclude things here. As always, we appreciate you listening to another episode here of this great podcast known as the Free State of E. Please don't forget to check us out at freestateofe.com and on our social sites. We are on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and Telegram. And with all of that being said, we'll see you next time. Adios. And everybody's playing. Boys and girls, women, children, me and you The dice are loaded And everything's fixed Even a hobo would tell you this Welcome to hard times And feeling low do you like sinning? No. Well, you will be before you go. We got lots of gambling. Oh, and we're telling lies. You're certainly welcome to hard times. Take a look in my eyes Tell me what you see Besides the bright blinking lights Stretched out in front of me I wonder if you'll notice Would you even care 
If I told you my life just isn't fair Welcome to hard times And feeling low Do you like sinning? No Well you will be before you go We got lots of gambling Oh, and we're telling lies You're certainly welcome hard times Yes Hope you're feeling welcome to hard times <laughs>